Hello, and welcome to the Inside Story with RLLC. Today, we will be talking to Janelle Sharino about school readiness. Hi, Janelle. How are you? Hi, I'm awesome. How are you? I'm doing great. We're really excited to have you here. I'm very um, excited to be here. Yay. So <laughs> the first thing that I would love for you to share with everyone is a little bit about who you are and what you do. Super. Yeah, I am a preschool teacher in Prince William County Public Schools. Um, the program I, we, we work with is called Head Start, which is a federally funded program. So most of our kids are low income, low parents have low education and things like that. They're definitely the neediest of the needy kiddos. Um, but I've been in the county. This will be my eighth school year here. Um, wow. I've done Head Start back, back in New York, too. So we're, we're preschool, four-year-olds, kiddos to go right to kindergarten next year. So my favorite place to be. Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> Working with the little kiddos is the best. Mm -hmm. yeah. they're, they're the perfect age, I think. <laughs> yes. Um, and if people were to look for you, like, mm -hmm. on the web, where would they find you? So right now I'm only on Twitter. Okay. Uh, I haven't really moved into Instagram, but our, my, our handle for our preschool program classrooms um, is Chris Young, Y-U-N-G, K. So C-R-C-H-R-I-S-Y-U-N-G-3-K on Twitter. And we share pictures and the things that um, we're doing in our classroom. And uh, it's my classroom as well as the classroom next door. Um, so it's a, a little mix of everything. So Awesome. And for all the listeners, I'll put that in the show notes so that they can find you. Super. Yeah. Come. We're fantastic. We're a fun time. Let's do it yeah. that way. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, let's just jump right into the interview questions. Sounds great. Great. So my first thing is, since you're a classroom teacher, can you tell us what do teachers really want children to know on the first day of school? It's a fantastic question. We get that question all the time. What do we need to know? How do we need to know these things? And a lot of it is um, they'll catch on to the letters or they'll catch on to reading and they'll catch on to math. But our big thing is um, knowing their name, like being able to articulate their name to strangers things like that, not strangers per se, but other adults, I guess is a better term. Right. Um, so if someone says, oh, what is your name? They can give it to them so that they can find them on a roster or find them for the bus. Um, other things, um, just being able to separate from mom and dad for the first time. Yeah. Um, it's real tricky uh, so that they're able to come into the classroom comfortably. You know, we expect tears or like usually the adults have more tears than the kids, <laughs> but um just being able to separate from mom and dad and being comfortable with that. Um, a lot of teachers, like if you can start working on colors and shapes and like writing their name is even helpful. Okay. Or the letters in their name, that's something we kind of look forward to giving them that extra boost to kind of catch on so that and stuff like that. So. Very interesting. I didn't think about, yeah. I, I never thought about like, Obviously, you want to know your name, <laughs> but yeah. you don't think about a little kiddo not knowing, like, I have to tell someone else what my name is. Correct. Or in a lot of uh, where the families that I work with use a lot of middle names or nicknames Ooh. so that they need to know their like name on their paperwork. So that if someone was like, OK, do you know your teacher? They might not know that first day of school. Right. Okay, what's your name so we can find you on our list? And they're like. It's junior, but that is not their name. It's right? very, it gets trickier in the long run. Yeah. But just being able to articulate their name to uh, other adults that might ask for it is really big in our classroom. Wow. That's awesome. Well, that's awesome advice, yeah. not awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no, I, got, I, I understand. I understand. <laughs> cool. Um, 
my next question is since kids develop at different times, you know, the different rates, when should parents be concerned about um, like something that they're seeing, like a red flag that they may be seeing? Gotcha. I, I really like this question because you are correct. They, they, the kiddos definitely like we have kiddos that come in, it'll be five in October. And then some of them will be just turning four in September when they start with us. So there's like a whole year of difference in just in my classroom alone. And all of those kids will still go to kindergarten together. Right. Um, my biggest thing is that parents know their kiddos. Like if they are noticing something or they have older siblings and the older sibling didn't, wasn't doing that or was doing that before doing something, a skill before they are able to, the current child is able to handle these things. Um, if parents are concerned, it's definitely the worst thing that's going to happen is someone's going to say, you know what, we're give them some time or something like that. No one's ever going to tell a parent. Absolutely not. You have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> but they, um, there's, there's also a big difference between home and school. So if you are putting like a kiddo at home, might be have some serious behavior concerns and mom's like what am I going to do and then they go to school and their teacher's like this child is angelic what are you talking about right so like so there's definitely that difference you have to look for there like they might not have some academic concerns there might be some behavior concerns that we need to check in with with mom and see how we our families and we can support that um but as for red flags there's not there's not a concrete list, especially in a preschool setting. Um, if you if you think there's something going on, check with your pediatrician, or if you if you have an early intervention team, um, like we have a it's called Child Find in Prince William County. That mm -hmm. if you have you can reach out to them and they can give you some support or even documentation that you can look up and kind of like track on uh, a checklist. And then maybe you know if they hit this many percentage, we might want to get them in for a screening and conversations like that. Okay. So you said there's not necessarily like a checklist of red flags. There are lists that say, okay, right, at this age, developmental, developmentally at this age, they need to be walking. Developmentally at this age, they need to be talking. But even those checklists, the span is like four or five months. Right. So like, there's a, like if, if they're not, if you're not communicating by four, that's a bit of a red flag. If there's right. no verbalizations by four, but if they're two and they don't have a ton of words yet, you know, keep working with them and encouraging them and things like that. But there's no like that hard guidelines to when you need to be concerned for things. Okay. So beyond like just the straight academic skills, mm -hmm. can you talk about the importance of self-care and emotional skills before heading into school? Definitely. This is my favorite area to talk about because um, as, as important as academic skills are, um, the self-care and the social emotional regulation stuff is definitely going to help them more than knowing their ABC. Right. Um, but what our, our big thing in our program is, is independence. Um, a lot of families are so, Oh, I feed them still. I wipe them when they use the bathroom. I help them dress and things like that. And we're, we come into school and, and you're like, listen, I don't, we don't do bathrooms here. Like they have their own bathroom. They are so independent. Um, same with mealtimes. I'll help them cut things because, you know, knives. We do butter knives and they can manipulate that. But, like, if they need an apple cut in half with a sharper knife, we got that. Right. But as for, like, fork to mouth, like, that fine motor ability to be able to stick something with a fork and put it in their mouth or even, like, scoop with a spoon is something that kiddos really need to track practice. Silly things that you don't think of are, like, drinking with a straw. Like, people not realizing kids don't know how to drink with a straw. 
right. or they think it's more of a, of a bottle. So then there's the tip and the straw, and then there's just milk everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> it's, it's everywhere. Um, but into like the social emotional aspect, like self care is, you know, being able to wash, wash your hands, being able to use the bathroom, especially now with the whole, all this COVID stuff, like understanding why you're doing it is really helpful. Like you're washing your hands, get your germs off and things like that. Uh, but the social emotional is, is we push um, co-regulation at four. So like I'm regulated, I'm a regulated adult that is going to stay calm for this child who is having some pretty big feelings and big emotions. Um, so helping your kiddos through like disappointment, going to Walmart and not being able to come home with a Paw Patrol toy. Like how do we handle these big feelings? Like it's okay to be frustrated because you really wanted that toy. Like maybe next time or let's maybe we can ask Santa for it or ask grandma for it for my birthday or you know understanding that their feelings are valid and that um they there's ways to manage through them like taking deep breaths or counting to 10 or um focusing on you know our big thing like we like to walk backwards in our classroom because it kind of gets them out of their brains yeah like it's not their brain stem like oh we need to walk backwards we need to like put it throw it in reverse is pretty much what we talk about just because we're goofy (laughs) But they, they have to, to walk backwards safely. They have to get out of that brainstem of their, like, I'm so angry about this thing. Like, Johnny knocked over my um, block castle, and I'm just going to, I want to beat him up about it. Right. That's what I do to my siblings at home. And we're like, okay, that doesn't fly here, friends. Exactly. Like, what are we going to do? Like, and it's just validating their emotions. They're, they're tiny humans is what I like to call my kids. Like, uh a lot, a lot of what we expect from them, we wouldn't expect from grownups. Like mm-hmm. I feel as if there's a lot of things that we need. Just you can feel sad, you can feel angry, you can feel frustrated, but you may not hurt your peers. You may not just be destructive in the classroom. You may not do all these other things. And just holding those expectations at home as well as in school is very, very helpful. And then it kind of goes back to those, you know, being able to separate from mom, like being able to. Um, you mentioned earlier being able to advocate for themselves at four like if you have to go to the bathroom you gotta tell me like um fortunately my classroom has a bathroom in our classroom so that they can just go but in in a setting where they might not be able like or i'm hungry or i stub my toe and i think it's bleeding like you don't have to give so many words but like just being able to advocate for themselves and tell a stranger initially honestly these you know kiddos going to school for the first time they've never met this teacher before maybe at back to school night and you know or now we have a class of 20 other kiddos and this adult that is going to take care of me you just need to be able to advocate for yourself at four and five years old yeah wow that is super helpful (laughs) (laughs) very passionate about social emotional learning for preschoolers i I think it's very important and (laughs) the emotional skills really make sense because if you um you know, if you don't start those early and then someone gets to school and it's like someone expects them to act a specific way, that's hard yeah. to navigate for the child if they haven't had to do that at home. Exactly. And, and there's so many guide, like so many structures have been pushed down to uh, at a kindergarten level. Like fortunately in my program, we are play-based. So everything we do is through play and through songs and dancing and singing. So it's not as formal for lack of a better term um as kindergarten but like these kindergartners you go in that first day of school and you know you might get a week maybe a couple days maybe two weeks if you're lucky to get situated but then you're like you are in a guided reading group you are in a math group you are expected to regulate yourself to move through centers right and they just have to do it so quickly so being able to you know 
like I said, advocate for themselves, being able to manage themselves and like handle stressors for lack of a better term. That's right. really important. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, and then I, this is my last question, which is sad, okay. but what are some things that parents can do at home? We kind of touched on some of them mm-hmm. that will keep the learning fun while also preparing them for school. Sure. This is something we've had to, um, we had a push in our classroom this past year with, with parents, being, a lot of our kids being virtual. We did virtual preschool. So uh, they're like, well, she's only on computer for an hour a day, but we really don't like the hour because it's computer, it's tech time and things like that. And our big thing is do not push academics with your kids. Like you should not be aggressive. Oh, you need to sit down and we need to do school at home. They do it for six hours every day, Monday through Friday. They don't need you to be the other teacher. You need to be mom, dad, family in the house, whoever's taking care of you, the grownups, anything um, a big, like I said, I'm a big proponent for learning through play. Like, take some chalk. If you want to, want them to practice writing their name, go outside, write it with chalk. Go outside and uh, paint it with a paintbrush on the sidewalk. Just paintbrush and water. You don't even need paint. Um, and like, if you're looking into like letter identification or some more structure, like that, when you go grocery shopping, have a race. You can find the letter M on a piece of uh, on. A, on a, Oh gosh, what's the word? a package? Yeah. Uh, or if you're driving in the car, I mean, like McDonald's, that's a giant M, like Walmart, giant W. Like you can just like using it to or building relationships with your kiddos. Like the grownups in your house obviously have relationships with the children there, but like using the time you have together to work on learning as a fun activity is going to help them more. Like especially right. just reading, reading books. Even everyone's like, oh, they don't know how to read. Let them read you a book. It'll probably be the funniest story you'll ever heard. They can look at the pictures and tell you what happened, or they're just going to make something up. But it that's showing them enjoyment in those learning activities that aren't so like structured and sit down and learn this is definitely going to help them do better at school. Like yeah, just encouraging the learning at home and being positive about learning at home and learning at school and things like that is really helpful. Wow. I mean, that sounds like a lot of fun to me too. <laughs> right? I'm not even a kid. I would love to do right? all those things. Just go blow bubbles. I mean, you count the bubble. There's all sorts of like it's just um, finding ways to question question things that they're doing. Like you're gonna go on a walk and your kid is super fascinated with a worm, even if it's dead. Like my kids love dead worms. I don't know why. My classroom is like, Miss Janelle, look at this dead worm. And I was like, Can we just not touch it? Like I get it. If you want to, I get it. But like I was like, All right. I was like, What end do you think is his head? And they sit there and like. The conversations that come out, like you're just encouraging that verbalization, articulation, the language and the questioning, like just that is going to be so helpful when they start getting in the older grades and they need to question a science experiment or question, I don't know, a social studies report, like just encouraging them to, even if it's crazy to think about, think past the dead worm on the ground. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So funny. Well, I would love to know if you have anything else to share with us, like things that you've noticed in the classroom that you're like, that I didn't ask you about, but you're like, I think you should definitely know this before you go. <laughs> um, goodness, I can't even think of anything specific. I, although I will say a lot of what I've seen um, on social media right now is like helping kids unpack and eat their lunch in a time frame. Fortunately oh. for us, we have, yeah, we, we have, we eat family style. So that's another thing. But like, if you're going to send your child to school with a, fancy lunchbox with Jojo Siwa on it or whoever they want um, make sure they know how to open it and how to open all of their things like 
um, string cheese much trickier to open than you'd expect it to be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or and like um, eating within a time frame. Like if you you only have some schools only have twenty minutes for lunch. Like you think oh. it's the time to chat with your friends, but like these little kindergartners are like eating as slow as snails and they got to get quick because their teacher's going to be there and they got to move on to their next thing and their, their grand screen is structured stuff. So like lunch box and eating in a time frame is definitely super, something super important that I've never thought about before either until I started right. seeing it on social media. So. Wow. So interesting. It's just things people don't, a lot of people don't know what happens those first couple of years of school. Like if you're lucky, fortunate enough to be in a preschool classroom first, or if you're going straight into kindergarten, it's, it's, it's school. It's not playing. They don't take naps. They don't, you know, have three hours of recess in their six hour day. You know, right. these little, these littles are at desks and they are working hard. Oh, that, I guess that's another thing. If you practice how to hold a pencil, something oh, yeah. like that fine motor aspect. And it's um, a trick of the trade, if you will, is um, putting a cotton ball underneath their pinky and their ring finger and oh. trying to like, hold. I just, a podcast you can't see me but <laughs> well, you're describing it well you're describing I, it well I'm trying um <laughs> even if your middle finger depending on how they're feeling because and then so make sure they hold that cotton ball there so they're getting that like pinching grasp with the thumb and the pointer finger and your middle finger um but you know kiddos are a, a lot of people see that like, kids are, are you know they're so focused on learning and so focused on that structure and then they go home and they kind of like release it so the parents might see some behaviors at home because they've had to like follow the rules so hard all day long. And like, all I'm focused on is listening or being good or, or following directions. And then they go home and now they're like safe. They're like, right. Oh, I can act bananas here because I'm safe and I don't have so much structure. And so that's a interesting thing we've heard from parents a couple of times. Like he comes home, well, either that or they come home and fall the heck asleep because they're so tired at the end of the day or they go home and go to sleep on the bus. Right. <laughs> um, just, um, be, I guess, be gentle with kiddos the first week of school. Like it's a lot to go yeah. from being home with mom to, to being with new adults and expecting certain behaviors for six hours a day and can't watch your TV or can't always watch your tablet and things like that. And it's, um, they are tiny humans and they really just need some grace, especially that first month of school. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big transition. <laughs> oh, a huge one. Yeah. Well, that is super Excellent. helpful. I think a lot of that stuff, like, parents don't think about because mm -hmm. you're at home with them all the time and you can kind of yeah. cater to what they need. Um, yep. So that was really great. Thank you so much. <laughs> you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And thank you to everyone for listening. Just a reminder to subscribe and rate and leave us a little review. We'd love to hear from you guys and have a great rest of your day.